I want you to come away with me to the book of Leviticus. Don't normally teach from that book uh, very often, but you know, praise the Lord. The Bible says to eat the whole roll. In other words, there's not anything in the Bible that you should not be able to digest. Leviticus, the sixth chapter, and we're going to start reading at verse number eight. And if you will, uh, download our app and you'll have all of the notes there. Uh, just go to the Winning Church, go to the app store and type in the Winning Church and you can download the app. All right. Leviticus, the sixth chapter. There was a church in a small town out in a rural America, and one night the church building caught fire and burned down. And while the building was burning, many of the town folks were standing around and watching it burn. The pastor had been called, and as he drove up, he noticed that there were many people there who used to attend the church. And seeing one of them, he commented that he hadn't seen this man for quite some time at the church and wondered where he had been. And sarcastically, the man responded to the pastor saying, that's because I haven't seen this church on fire in a while. Now, while this may be humorous, it's true. It seems that churches, just like individuals, get in a rut. And we get into a routine of just going through the motions and patting ourselves on the back, telling ourselves how good and faithful we are because we come and gather every Sunday and do what everybody expects us to do. Our scripture this morning talks about keeping the fire going, uh, going in our church and in our lives. And that's the real problem uh, facing our world today. It seems that many Christians have let the fire that they had when they gave their heart and life to Jesus Christ burn down to where it's nothing but a smoldering coal of fire that we should have. And when, when we as individuals, or individual Christians that is, allow this to happen, our churches can't help but become places where there is no fire for God. Folks, we the church must rekindle the fire for God and never let it go out. We must become a church on fire. That's what I want to talk about this morning, a church on fire. Say that with me, a church on fire. So let's look at our scripture, Leviticus, the sixth chapter, verse number eight. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, give Aaron and his sons the following instructions regarding the burnt offering. The burnt offering must be left on top of the altar until the next morning. And the fire on the altar must be kept burning. Look at this. All night. Everybody say all night. You know, when I was in the world, excuse me for uh, of just uh, pausing right here, but when I was in the world, you know, uh, we really tried to party all night. 
They even made a song, all night, all night long. Right? Y'all remember that? And some of you all, I'm not in this boat by myself. You literally tried to party all night. Do I have any witnesses in here? Hallelujah. So, you know, he said, don't let this fire go out, but keep it burning all, somebody say, all night. Now, let's go to verse 10. In the morning, after the priest uh, on duty has put on his official linen clothing and linen undergarments, he must clean out the ashes of the burnt offering and put them beside the altar. Verse 11 says, and then he must uh, take off these garments and change back into his regular clothes and uh, carry the ashes outside the camp to a place that is ceremonially clean. Meanwhile, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must never go out. Each morning, the priest will add fresh wood to the fire and arrange the burnt offering on it. And he will then burn the fat of the peace offerings on it. And remember, the fire must be kept burning on the altar at all times. Everybody say all time. All, time. all night. At all times, it must never go out. Have you ever read that in Leviticus? If we are to be a church on fire, thank you, Lord, we must first, number one, prepare for the fire. Say that with me, prepare for the fire. Here in verse 8, God tells Moses to prepare Aaron and his sons to receive the fire. God says that this is what you are to do in order to offer the burnt offerings. We need to realize that what we are reading here are instructions that Moses is receiving from God. And so this system, yes, that God is putting into place has not started yet. And yes, there have been offerings giving up to God, but God was laying out for his people how he wanted it done in the tabernacle. And so this was how they were to prepare for the Lord to bless their offerings. Yes. And we actually see the instructions and the ordination of the priests over in chapter 8. God was preparing his people to be who and what he wanted them to be. Yes, folks, to be a church on fire, we must prepare for the fire. And I believe right here and right now in this age and dispensation that God is preparing his people uh, for where he wants them to be. We must prepare for the fire because the fire is soon to come and we've got to be in the right place when the fire hits the place. Can you say amen? And so there are things that must be done in order for God to bless what we are doing. The first thing is, is that if you're taking notes, we must get ourselves in the proper uh, fellowship with God. Say that with me, the proper fellowship with God. Yes, if you want to be on fire like uh, God uh, is charging us to be, we must have proper fellowship with God. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, we got to get prepared for the fire. And the only way you can be prepared for the fire is that you've got to be in proper fellowship with God. I don't understand why people think that they can just come and sit in church and not get prepared for the fire. 
because fire comes to do a lot of things. And if you are not pure, if you don't have the fellowship with God like you're supposed to have, see, fire only brings out the purity of what's in you. If you don't have purity in you, it burns you up totally. But if you got purity in you, it only purifies you and bring the best out. Who am I talking to in here? The fire is going to bring the best out of you if it's really in you. And so you got to develop a fellowship with God in order to have the fire to purify you and my God bring you to the purity that you are. And that's why when they take gold and they put it in that iron pot and they sit that heat up and it turn it up hotter than fire. Uh-huh. The, uh, yes. And so when the uh, gold starts to be melted, uh, all the impurities flow up to the top. And so all of the pure gold is down. And so they skim the top off of all the impurities but the pure gold stands and stay right where it is can you say amen and so when tests and trials come all we do is stand still and see the salvation of the Lord because we got the pureness on the inside of us who is that that's Jesus on the inside and when Jesus is on the inside we stand still and we see what God is going to do in our life I believe I got the right church this morning. I believe I got the right church this morning. And so God is not going to bless our efforts if we are not in fellowship with him. We can't do and that by just attending church on Sunday and then not thinking about God until the next Sunday. No, no, no. You can't do it like that. Can you say amen? God will prepare us to be a church on fire uh, as we build our relationship with him. And you got to have a relationship with him in the day that we live in. You cannot be wishy-washy. You cannot be in and out, sometime up and sometime down, almost level to the ground. You can't be like that. You got to have a bondified relationship with God. If they don't go, I'm going anyhow. If my kinfolk don't want God, I want all the God that I can get. If they, my, my boss don't want God, well, I'm going to be in here and I'm going to be a light to everybody that's in this place. Why? Because I got a relationship with God. And you got to have a fellowship with God if you're going to live in the day that we live in because you're going to be tested by the fire. Hallelujah. You ain't got to say amen this morning. I, oh, hallelujah. So we need to get ourselves right with God. And then he can use us and his church to bring people unto himself. Yes, we need to set an example for people to see so that they will seek out our God. Yes, you there, you are that light. They're seeking out God. And so they need to see what you are all about so that they can seek out God. Don't fool yourself. In these latter days, uh, God going to have the real people to really show up and to stand out. Uh-huh, yeah, during this pandemic, uh, yes, people that used to pray, you can't find them. During the pandemic, the folk that used to be faithful, they're unfaithful. During the pandemic, the people that say that they'll live for God, for God I live and for God I'll die, and they're not even having God in their conversation. Uh-huh, the real people are going to show up when tests and trials hit the house. Can you say amen? 
See, tests and trials don't come to beat you down, but it comes to lift you up. See, it's the stuff that you go through that's the making of you. It's what you've been through that made you tough as you are. It's the stuff that you go through that make you stand up and say, hey, you're going to have to try a little harder. Hallelujah. They can talk about you. They can spit on you. And that's got to be the most grossest thing that ever is. Uh-huh. They can, my God, they can try to belittle your children. They can put you in jail. And that's no problem because you're in good company. Look at Jesus and look at all the rest of them that's already been incarcerated. That's not enough. But I'm telling you that if you lock me up, I'll be in jail like Paul and Silas. Want to have a song and the other one is going to pray. And we're going to have a jailhouse rock. I don't hear nobody in here. See, what, what the thing is that we can have church anywhere we are. You don't have to be in this building because if you got the church in you, you're going to have church wherever you are. Ask the folk on your road, do you have the church down in you? Matter of fact, look at him and say, I am the church. I am the called out one. I am the ecclesia. I am bought with a price. I am born again. Hallelujah. I hope you came ready because I came ready. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so we need to set the example. Come on, say that with me. We need to accept, set the example. Y'all be seated. So a letter was written by a relatively new Christian to a person whose life had influenced her so greatly. And so she actually lists about a dozen qualities uh, she found contagious in the life of the person that really uh, influenced her. And so uh, this was an older Christian that she had been watching. And so listen to some of, of what she wrote. I want to list these things because I don't want to miss any. She said, you know when, you, when we met, I began to discover a new vulnerability, a warmth and a lack of pretense that impressed me. I saw in you a thriving spirit. Say that with me, a thriving spirit. She said, no signs of internal stagnation anywhere. Just a thriving spirit. And I could tell you were a growing person and I liked that. I saw you had Strong self-esteem. Say it with me, strong self-esteem. Not based on fluff of self-help books, but on something a whole lot deeper. I saw you live by convictions and priorities. Say it with me, convictions and priorities. Convictions and priorities and not just by convenience, selfish pleasure and financial gain. I had never met anyone like that before. I felt the depth of love and concern as you listened to me and didn't judge me. You tried to understand me. You uh, sympathized and you celebrated with me. And get this, you demonstrated kindness and generosity and not just to me but to other people as well. Say that with me, demonstrate kindness and generosity 
Now, all these things, I'm talking about us right now. As she writing this letter to her, we need to be uh, drawing this to ourselves, right? And so she says, uh, you and you stood for something. And I like that. You stood for something. And you were willing to go against the grain of society. Is there anybody here willing to go against the grain of society? You really go against the grain of society and follow what you believe to be true. And no matter what people say and no matter how much it costs you. And for those reasons and a whole host of others, I found myself really wanting what you had. And now that I become a Christian, I wanted to write to tell you I'm grateful beyond words for how you lived out your Christian life in front of me. Basically, she said, was saying, thanks for being a contagious on fire Christian. How many of you are contagious on fire Christians? And I know during the pandemic, some of you might have staggered a little bit. You might have backed up a little bit. But it wasn't long for you to catch say, hey, this is not me. I cannot stay stagnant. I cannot sit down and do nothing. I must go forward and pursue the call of God on my life. Are you following me? And so, folks, we must prepare ourselves to be this example. And if our church is to be a church on fire, we must first prepare ourselves for the task. We do that by developing a deeper relationship to Christ. We've got to have that fellowship, that relationship with Christ. You must always have, have that day in and day out. And then next we see that in order to be an on fire church, we must realize just who the provider of the fire is. Anybody know who the provider of the fire is? As we look at our scripture this morning, we see that God tells Moses that the fire must be, must be kept burning. And we will talk about that more in a minute. But, but what, what we see is that these instructions are from a fire that is already burning. And not how to start the fire. The fire is already burning because God prepared the fire. So if we look over in chapter 9, 22 and 23 uh, tells us that uh, the initial preparations was complete with the sacrifice on the altar. And then we see in verse 24 that God provided the fire indicating that he was pleased with their offerings and would be blessed. I like that. Uh, is it that we can just do uh, what we're supposed to do and God said, I am pleased with your offering. I'm going to bless your life according to how you gave me your offering. Hallelujah. Let that soak in for a minute. And so that's where we are right now. For we, 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 we prepare ourselves to do what God wants us to do. And we don't have to worry where the fire will come from. If we do our part, the fire is sure to come. So God will provide the fire. 
And so we will do this through the uh, empowering of the Holy Spirit to do things that we never thought possible. And that's why you should never be a fighter against the Holy Spirit. You shouldn't never get on the bandwagon like other folk and say, well, I don't really believe in the Holy Ghost. I don't believe in the Holy Spirit. I don't believe in no holy power. No, 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 no. God said that uh -huh, when he brought Jesus here on the earth, Jesus said, now I got to go back to my father, but I am going to leave you one here uh -huh, that's going to lead you and guide you into all truths. If the Holy Spirit was not here, we would be wandering aimlessly. If the Holy Spirit was not here, we wouldn't have the power to do the things that we do because we do things above and beyond our own power. Yes, 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 God wants to do things through you uh, above and beyond your own strength. Yes, you feel like you have strength within your finite body. No, mm -mm. You, God want to give you more power than you are, would, would actually normally would have in your life to be able to speak a word and it changes somebody's life. Can you say amen? And so he will do this through the power of the empowering of the Holy Spirit to do the things that we never thought that we would do. And so we see the Holy Spirit depicted as fire on the day of Pentecost over in uh, uh, Acts chapter 2. Uh-huh. Look there with me. Acts chapter 2 verse 1. Look what it says. And on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Uh-huh. Everybody say one place. Just like today, we're here in one place. And suddenly, somebody say suddenly. I like that word in the Bible because when, when things happen suddenly, I mean you don't have to wait on it. I like when God say he's got some suddenly for me. Anybody here like suddenly? Oh, y'all act like y'all a little slow on that, but I love suddenly. Yes, other folk waiting on it, but God said for you, I'm going to do it suddenly. Oh, yeah, I like it when he heals me suddenly. I like it when he gives me breakthrough suddenly. I like it when he heals my children suddenly. I like it when he comes to my rescue suddenly. I love it, my God, when I don't know which way I'm going to go, but suddenly he drops in my spirit and and give me the answer to my problem and my situation. I don't know about you, but hey, I, I go through things through. But I love it when God say, suddenly, I'm going to give you the wherewithal and the know-how to come out all right. You've been fighting all this time. But today, I want you to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Because suddenly, the enemies that you see today, you won't see tomorrow. Anybody need suddenly in their life? Hallelujah. Suddenly, uh, I gave you what you needed in order that you may go on. Oh, uh, yes, I'm looking for one day, even while I'm on this earth, that suddenly people will be get, get saved and we don't have to, uh, have to do a whole lot of work. But suddenly they walk up in here and say, hey, I know you're getting ready to preach, but I just want to, before you get ready to preach, I want to give my life to Christ. Hallelujah. I'm looking for the day that God do miracles right before our very eyes. 
uh, your kin people come to your house and say, I know I've been giving you the devil all these years, but I don't want to hear you about your God. But I found out that you were telling me the truth. And so suddenly they show up at your house and say, lead me to Christ because I have been avoiding you. But suddenly, sir, the Lord quickened me and told me to get in my car and go over there and listen to what they got to say because they've been right all the time. If I told you that something suddenly is going to happen to you this week, what would you say about it? If I told you suddenly that your boss going to come and tell you something good on this week, what would you think about that? If I told you that your body is about to be healed suddenly, what would you think about that? Suddenly. Hallelujah. Listen, I don't just want to come to church and be a piece of furniture. I don't want to come to church and just be somebody just sitting on the seat like I'm sitting on a bump on the log. Uh, no, I want to come to the house of God. And when the revelation began to flow, I wanted to hit me. I want the dew to fall on me. When I come to church, I don't want to come the same way and in and then leave out the same way. No, suddenly while I'm in the house of God, God gives me a revelation to my life and show me that he's going to use me mightily oh, I'm here to hear what God has to say about my assignment can you say amen let me read it on Saturday there were a sign was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty wind and it filled the house where they were sitting and then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settling, uh, settled on each of them. Verse 4 says, and everyone presented, uh, present, uh, present, present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the, this ability as he gave them the ability to speak they spoke and the Holy Spirit gave them the ability to speak can you say amen can I tell y'all something in these latter days God gonna do some things that's gonna blow our minds I'm telling you that God is preparing him a church it's church reset people of God it's time to reset the church it's time for the real church to stand up it's time for the power of God to be moved in the church we don't care what the name of your church is we don't care about the label I know we call ourselves the winning church but anybody in Christ is a winner already can you say amen people don't care about the label on the can as long as what's inside the can is good you can have a pretty label but what's in the can is just nasty it's just messed up if my god it already just spoiled but if my can they can see what's on outside of the church all at once inside they need to see some real genuine fresh oh, anointing flowing in this place I don't hear nobody in here They need to see that God brought you out. And he brought you up. He need to see that, hey, once you were just like them. Uh, they need to see that you uh, didn't have it all together. Uh, but God turned 
your life around. I'm looking at some people that the world counted out. I'm looking at some people that you were kicked to the curb. I'm looking at some people that were most least likely to succeed. They told you that you would never amount to anything. But here comes God. But God came in our lives. And look at me now. Would you just look around and say, and look at me now. I got God in my life. And I don't care if anybody don't say I'm successful. God says I'm successful. I have succeeded in God. He brought me all the way from the guttermost. And he pulled me off to the highest of highs. Can you say amen? And I'm glad that God turned me around. Anybody here glad this morning? I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming, Elder. I'm coming. I'm coming. So now, so now, uh, yes, yes, yes. Jesus had spent approximately three years preparing them, and then when he left, he provided the fire of the Holy Spirit to empower them, uh huh, to do things that they were absolutely amazing people were, were, were amazed of the things that he did or they did through the Holy Spirit and so folks we can have programs for this and programs for that you know but if we depend on ourselves for the fire we will be disappointed you know, we work ourselves, try to come, come up with this for the homeless, come up this for those that are sick and shut in. We try to come up with all kinds of things and programs and things of that nature. But let me tell you that if we are just working it ourselves, we are going to be disappointed. God will provide the fire. We just need to prepare ourselves for it and allow him through the power of the Holy Spirit to set his church on fire. Now I'm going to say something here. If this particular church is not the church that God wants to have the fire in, he needs to close it down. If we are not a church in these latter days that's going to make a difference, he needs to close the doors. Now, you, I know you ain't getting happy off of this. I know you're not getting happy off of this. Because we're not here for the right reason. We're not here for God and his program. We're here for ourselves. We're here for show. But God, please bless this church with folk that are ready to be on fire. That's not here to be seen. That's not here to get the hook up. That's not here to, uh -huh, to, uh, to rub shoulders with the upper echelon and all that stuff. No, I, uh, we want some folk that's on fire for God to make a difference in this society. We need people that's, that's so fired up that they'll teach their children about God. We need folks so fired up that they'll teach a stranger about God. We need folks so fired up that they'll teach their wives. The wives will my God teach them. We need folk that say, I'm on fire. I don't care if they don't like me. Uh, the fire of God is so in me. I cannot hold.
Who was it? Jeremiah is it? Say, I'm not teaching, I'm not preaching another thing. These old hard-headed, cantankerous, disobedient people, I'm not going to do nothing else giving them God's great grace, giving them God's great word, giving them God's great power, but they just pushing it all aside. I ain't doing nothing no more. I ain't saying another thing. Jeremiah saw all those people, and this is my version of it, saw all those people beginning to come and turn into the house of the Lord. And he said, I ain't going back over there. I'm tired of those people, and I'm not doing nothing else. But Jeremiah forgot that it wasn't about the building, it wasn't about the people, but it was what was on the inside of him. Hallelujah to God. Sometimes you don't want to tell your children about God no more. You don't told them until you're about blue in the face or whatever. Hallelujah. You don't got red or ashy or whatever. You don't told them and huh? And they not listening to nothing you say. So I'm not gonna tell them nothing else. You don't turn, you don't talk to your brother, you don't talk to your sister, you don't talk to everybody, and they don't want to listen to nothing you gotta say. Sometimes you say, you know what? I give up. I'm not telling them nothing. They want to go to hell, go to them going by themselves. I'm not telling them nothing else. I ain't gonna say nothing. That's how Jeremiah felt. But my God, but God, something started happening in Jeremiah. He said, I don't want to say it, but I can't help myself. It's just like fire. It's just like fire. Shut up in my bone. It's like fire. Fire. That was an Ohio player said, fire! <laughs> Shut up in my bone. See, when you got fire on the inside, you can't help yourself but tell what God say. And you can't help yourself when you want to listen to your flesh. You can't listen to your flesh because you got fire on the inside. Shout yeah. All right. All right. Y'all be seated. So, 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 so God will provide the fire. We just need to prepare ourselves for, for it and allow him through the Holy Spirit to just set us on fire. And if we prepare ourselves properly, God will provide the fire. Do I have some witnesses in the house? Now notice here, I'm about done with this lesson. That we're here, God told Moses three times. How many times? Three times. God told Moses that they should never let the fire burn out. Told him how many times? So once it started, this fire is to be, this is my third point, a perpetual fire. Say it with me, a perpetual fire. Now notice that in verse 9, 12, and 13, I'm going to go back there and read it because I'm, I'm coming to a close. God told Moses that the fire was to never go out. And they were to be vigilant in their duties and always keep the fire going. 
keeping the fire or keep the fire burning, keep the fire burning, keep the fire burning. God told Moses three times and he tells them to make sure that the burnt coals are disposed of and to keep the wood on the fire. How many of you know that fire can't burn where fire has already been? Somebody preach a message to her. If you are cooking out on the grill, and I hope some of you are not guilty of this, after you have cooked, you cannot leave those burnt coals in there. Because if you try to put new coals and new wood on those, all of those ashes, it will not burn, it will not burn properly, and it will put your fire out. You must remove the old ashes in order for you to get a great fire so you can cook properly. I know what I'm talking about because that's what I do. Hallelujah. So how many of you in here, you're trying to put God's new stuff, God's good stuff on them old ashes that you used to have when you was in the world? You got to move all of that old man, that old stuff. You can't hold on to them old squeezes, that old man, that old, you know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Your old sugar daddy, uh-huh, your old squeeze. You got to get rid of all of that so that God can put some new stuff in you because that old stuff and that new stuff is not going to work. You can't put new wine in old skins. You got to get your shovel and move all that stuff out the way. Are y'all hearing me in here? That's what's wrong with some of you all. You talking about, God, why are you not doing me like you're doing so-and-so? And why are you not blessing me like her? And why are you not blessing me like him? Because you're still trying to hold to the whole stuff. You're still listening to the old man. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things become new. You got to move the old out the way and bring the new into your house. Uh, would you look down your room and say, do you have? some old stuff in your house tell them say neighbor 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 move the old stuff and bring your new stuff in some of y'all tried to put that old furniture in your new house and it did not look right because you got something new well you gotta move all of the old stuff out the way and put you some new stuff that looks right in that place can you say amen after a while and after a while you're gonna have to read new stuff it's called renovation can you say amen ask your neighbor when was the last time when 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 was the last time you renovated in your house I'm not talking about your brick and mortar I'm talking about your house I'm talking about the temple of God you got to renovate every now and then you got to get all that old stuff out of your life uh, so you can bring some new stuff in uh, can you say amen uh, some of y'all got a old
out. It's good every now and then to have some different colors. It's good every now and then, my God, to wear something new. Can you say amen? Let me haste. Let me finish my third point because y'all ain't looking right. Y'all ain't looking right. I'm going to just go ahead. I'm, I'm just going to shout in a minute by myself. That's all right. I'm going to just shout. I'm going to shout by myself. That's all right. So now, they were to be vigilant and they'll do this. And always keep the fire burning. And keep the fire burning. Keep the fire burning. That's what he told them. And so, it sounds easy. Doesn't just, uh, you know, just look over there every now and then and make sure the fire is better. That sounds easy. But what we need to realize is that they had to take this perpetual fire with them as they traveled and went about their business. See, this altar was a part of the tabernacle and the fire was a part of that. So wherever they went, they had to keep the fire lit and move the fire everywhere they went. So how do you move this fire and keep it burning at the same time? Are you following me? And so the tabernacle had to be torn down and moved wherever the people broke camp. And when they camped again, the tabernacle uh, would be reassembled. And that was part of the job of the tribe of Levi. And if you read over in Numbers 1, where there were a, a count of all of the able-bodied men available for fighting, the tribe of Levi wasn't in the mix. Their job was not to fight the battles. Their job was to take care and to guard and to be the priest in the tabernacle. They carried the fire for the altar with them wherever they went. And so that was their job, their responsibility. A church on fire has to have this perpetual fire and it must be carried with members everywhere they go. Are you listening? So just like the Levites... We are priests of God and we are charged with carrying the fire of God with us at all times. So whether you're in the doctor's office, you should have the fire with you. If you're at Kroger's or Walmart, you should have the fire with you. Maybe every now and then you might go to Publix, but you need to have the fire in Publix. Are you following me this morning? You should have the fire with you even when you're on vacation. You should never let your fire go out. Matter of fact, when you walked in here this morning, Elder, they ain't ready. When you walked in here this morning, who am I talking to in here? Did you bring your fire in here with you? You, you should have brought your fire through the doors when you came in here. Are you following me? Would you take a glance to your left and your right and look like and see if that person potentially may have that fire in them? Do they look like they brought the fire in with them? Oh, they, they look like they're pretty fired up, right? So in 1 Peter 2 and 5, Peter writes, 
that and you are lively stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priest. Through the meditation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. And in one version, it says we bring the sacrifice of praise. See, what the churches don't know is that the pandemic come to put our fire out. But they got a they, the pandemic and everybody else, they got another fault coming. Because it didn't put our fire out. Matter of fact, we got to blaze a little bit more. Because my God, I'm telling you, we bring the sacrifice of praise in this place. Did anybody step in here with the sacrifice of praise in their life? Somebody holler back at me and say, I brought the sacrifice of praise. Say it again. We bring the sacrifice of praise. And that's what we brought in here. If you didn't bring your sacrifice of praise, you better, my God, you better get that fire lit up in here. Because that's what we brought into the house. We brought the sacrifice of praise. Can you say amen? And so, folks, we are the priest of God. Uh, just like the priests of the children of Israel uh, uh, made a sacrifice to God, uh, we too offer sacrifice to God. Uh, and just as the priestly tribe of Levi uh, was in charge with the keeping of the fire burning, the fire burning on the altar we too must keep the fire burning a church on fire the burning fire the fire burning we don't just start a fire on Sunday morning and let it die when we leave this place but we got a fire that's with us all every day of the week I'm on fire on Monday and I turn around I'm on fire on Tuesday and I'm on fire on Wednesday and I'm on fire on Thursday and God knows I'm on fire on Friday Friday fire and Saturday I'm on fire you'll catch the fire burning and then we come into this place we enter into the gates with thanksgiving in our heart and we come on into the courts and you can see us praising God I'm just wondering did you come here to give God the praise? And if you did not feel like it, if you felt like my God, that your body wouldn't cooperate, if you felt like you had a headache and you wanted to sit there, if you felt like your knees wouldn't act right, if you felt like your shins are bad, if you felt like you couldn't move your arms, what I hear the Bible say, we bring the sacrifice of praise. Is there anybody here that brought the sacrifice of praise? Somebody that wave at me and say, Bishop, I brought the sacrifice of praise. Can you say amen? I might not have felt like it when I walked through the doors, but now, now I'm in here. I can give God the praise. God done moved the headache. God done moved the pain. Because I'm going to give him praise uh, no matter how I feel uh, or what I have uh, or what I don't have. Uh, can you say amen? Uh, I may not have all I want. Look down your road uh, and say, neighbor, uh, I may not have what I want. Uh, 
I may not have all the money that I need, but I do have some praise. And if I praise God right, he'll give me the money that I need. Because God's got everything I need. Can you say yes? I'm just wondering, can I get one witness? One, 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 that God will work it out all right. Child, yeah. I'm glad today a church on fire takes the fire with them everywhere they go. I'm glad today a church on fire realize that the fire must be a perpetuating fire. Can you say amen? We can't start a huge bonfire until we attract someone's attention. Can you say amen? And then let it dwindle out. A church on fire is not a church that is in a sprinting contest. It will in a marathon. Wave your hand down your road. Say, we in a marathon. They keep the fire burning at all times. For we are in a marathon. And the finish line is when we're close. Our eyes for the last time here on earth and open them up in the presence of the Lord Jesus. We're not done yet. I've been running a mighty long time and I haven't got tired yet. Can you say amen? We are a church on fire and we do this by preparing for the fire. Realizing that the provider is God who provides the fire and ensure the fire is a perpetual fire. Have you prepared yourself for the fire today? Have you given Jesus your life? I'm glad that I'm in a church that believes in the perpetual fire. We are not going to let the fire go out. Mother, we're not going to let it go out on our watch because God put me on fire a long time ago. And they thought because I got saved when I was a young kid, fire was going to go out. Well, after all of these years, 37 years, can you say amen? The fire hadn't gone out yet. It's not going out until the last breath come out of my body. It was Jesus then, and it's Jesus now. It was Jesus when, and it's Jesus here. Can you say amen? I thank God for a perpetual fire. Can you say amen? Because I know that God prepares a fire. Let me preach to you right now, deep. God prepares a fire. How do I know that he prepared a fire? Because he said so that he will provide the fire. All I got to do is show up. I remember the story of a little bitty boy who was in the camp. He and his father was camping out. And he had been sitting there. He made the fire. He put the stones in a circle. He put the coals out there. And he had the meat ready for the fire. My God, 
people came by uh, and asked the little boy uh, why you're sitting here uh, around uh, your coals uh, you got meat on a stick uh, and you ain't got no fire uh, don't you know uh, that your meat might spoil uh, if you don't get no fire uh, you don't have anything do you uh, he said no i don't have any fire uh, well, how you know huh, that you're gonna get the fire? Huh? The little boy said, my daddy, huh, he told me he gonna bring the fire. Huh? And he left and he coming back. Huh? So if my daddy told me he gonna put the fire, huh, I believe he got the fire. Huh? And so in the meantime, huh, I prepared the food huh, before, hallelujah, huh, before he got here. Huh, because his word, huh, it's good with me. Huh? How many y'all know in here that God's word is good with you? Huh? If he told you huh, that he was going to heal your body, huh? you can make count on it. Huh? If God is a man huh, that cannot lie. Huh? He's a provider of the fire. Huh? He's a provider of your healing. Huh? If God huh, told you he was going to work it out, huh? He's a God that's already working out. I don't hear nobody in here. Somebody give somebody advice and say it's already worked out. Yeah, yes. Y'all forgive me today, but I'm feeling mighty good because God brings the perpetual fire. It never runs out. Shout glory to the day I die. I'll still be on fire, champ. Can you say amen? Nobody, no, nobody is able to put God's fire out. Shout, yeah. We will be a church that's on fire in the middle Georgia area. I can't help that others are dying out, but we will find somebody to talk back to you. Say, we will. Church on fire. Say, I will be a member that's on fire. Shout, yeah, yes. Let's burn together. Let's burn together. Let's be on fire together. Let's tell somebody about God that will fire your life up. Shout, glory. If you got a boring life, He'll give you a fire up life. If you don't Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. Shout, yeah, yes. I found somebody that loved me still when I was dead in trespasses, dead in my sins. I found somebody that will love me still. God said, yeah, he loved me still. Dead in my trespassing and my sin. But he loved me still. I fooled around and fell in love with Jesus. Shout, yeah. Is there anybody here in love with Jesus? Wave your hand and say, I am.
like nobody else. We must be a church on fire. No matter what God assigned you to do. He said, you know what? I used to be anointed and said, go back where the place you stopped and reset and grab that anointing that you had where you stopped. Maybe the pandemic caused you to stop somewhere. Go back where you stopped. Say, God, let me reset. Now I'm going to go forward. It's time to reset. We have learned from 2019, 2020 that you don't have to ask for trouble to show up. You don't have to ask for, 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 for disease or ask for a pandemic or anything to show. You don't have to ask for that. It'll just show up unannounced. Bad things will show up unannounced. But it's not what happens to you that's really what's driving this is how you deal with it when it shows up. Just because something like that happened, I mean, oh God, you panic. I don't know what we do. I don't know what we're gonna do. No! We're going to trust God. We're going to do everything that he gives us to do. But we're going to trust him the most. Now they talk about, like Dr. Kirchner said, they talk about the 700,000 that passed away, demise from this. But they didn't tell you about the billions that survived it. songwriter said millions didn't make it but I'm glad that I'm one of those who did not only am I a survivor Beyonce but I am more than a conqueror I am more than a conqueror are you hearing me you are more than anything that has tested you up until now. You are more than any test, any trial, any situation, any devastation. You are greater than that. Hallelujah. And the enemy don't want you to realize how great you are and the greatness that's in you. There's so much greatness in you. He don't want you to recognize or realize that. He would rather distract you and keep you looking over somewhere else than focusing in on the greatness that's in you. You got so much to live for, so quit trying to die. Change your language. Say, well, what you mean quit trying to die? Talking about, I'm sick to death. Honey, I almost died laughing. No, change your language. You got too much to live for. 
Are you following me? Everybody stand.